I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, June 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Peak Pals, the upcoming Toronto mayoral race, which was a by-election called after the resignation of John Tory, it has attracted a record 102 candidates, including a seven-year-old rescue dog named Molly. She's using her campaign to fight the city's use of winter road salt, which hurts her paws. That's something I can sympathize. Our dog also has the same problem. The vote is set to take place on June 26. Are you with the dog? Jay, are you with a human candidate or are you with a dog candidate? Is one well, dog. I don't want to get political, but yeah. having 102 candidates on the ballot gives me pause. That's a good one. Thank you. That's, I got it. That's a good one. Look, at the very least, lots of options. And so, you know, we don't need to get political, but it is, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that you have so many people running. The ballot's massive. I've seen the ballot. It's huge. But, you know, I think it's good to have options. And I will say that for those, we don't get political on the podcast, but it's not a very exciting race. I'll say that much. I think it's partially because it's the summer. It was a sudden by-election. So anyways, we'll see what happens. But it's pretty sleepy. Brett, aside from lawn sign season upon us in Toronto, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Apple meets the AR moment. For our second story, the UN's plastic problem. And for our last story, I'm an AI and I endorse this message. For our first story, Apple unveiled its long-awaited augmented reality, AR, headset at its Worldwide Developers Conference yesterday, the Vision Pro, which is a sleek pair of goggles with a battery pack that looks something like a cyberpunk hacker would wear while hitting the slopes and snowboarding. Brett, what can the goggles do? I watched the keynote, Jay. It looks pretty cool. We'll see if it works. So Apple claims that the Vision Pro is, quote-unquote, the most advanced personal electronics device ever, positioning it as a computer, TV camera, surround sound system, and more all in one package. Now, Vision Pro uses both screens displaying apps and external cameras capturing high-quality images of the real world with a dial that lets users toggle between full immersion and an experience that overlays virtual objects atop their surroundings. And it's all done without a hardware controller, usable simply through eye movement, hand gestures, and voice, thanks to an array of cameras and eye tracking sensors. It matters because Apple's entrance into the VR fray is a do-or-die moment for the metaverse, with AR headset sales tapering off substantially and Meta's Horizon Worlds game unable to maintain users. Apple may be the industry's best, maybe final, hope to make the metaverse actually work. The CEO of one AR platform told The Verge that Apple's entrance is the single greatest thing that could happen to the industry, whether you make hardware or software. Now, from making MP3 players must-haves to mastering the wearables market, Apple has a long history of transforming the nerdiest of nerdy tech into mainstream status symbols. If it can't make strapping on a headset cool, basically no company can. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, next, the first headsets will ship early next year, but with a $3,500 USD price tag. The Vision Pro isn't exactly an everyday consumer product yet. Once the still-in-development lower price model goes up for sale, we'll be able to tell if Apple has actually done it again. For our second story, last year, the UN agreed on an ambitious goal to devise a treaty by 2024 aimed at ending plastic pollution. But like any group project, there are some major differences of opinions. A week of talks between UN countries on ending plastic pollution ended with two sides split on how to handle the issue of continued plastic production. What are the two sides, Jay? On the one side, comprised of most member nations, including Canada and most of Europe, wants legally binding rules to limit how much plastic petrochemical companies can actually produce. On the other side, featuring superpowers China and the U.S., wants a less strict voluntary system as they see plastic production as a necessary way for fossil fuel companies to recoup losses stemming from the coming green energy transition. It's not every day that you see China and the U.S. on the same team there. 
Now, oil is a main component in plastic production, and the International Energy Agency predicts that petrochemicals will eventually outpace transport as the leader in global oil demand. And it matters because, per the UN, humanity produces over 430 million tons of plastic every year, two-thirds of which almost immediately becomes waste, making its way into soil and water across the globe. A simple way to cut down on pollution is to cut down on production. But it's one thing to replace candy bar wrappers, but plastic is used in pretty much everything, and demand for it is surging in many developing economies. In Canada, the first stage of the single-use plastics ban came into effect late last year, banning the manufacturing and import of plastic products like straws and bags. The UN's plastic treaty could affect other plastic items like food packaging. It could also take a bite out of Canada's plastics industry, which generates some $35 billion with a B, million dollars a year. For our third and final story, separating fact from fiction in an election campaign is difficult enough already. Now, throw an artificial intelligence into the mix, and it's about to get a lot tougher. Yeah, so here's what's driving the news, Jim. U.S. politicians and campaigns, always at the cutting edge of election skullduggery, are starting to use AI to create fake videos and other media in an attempt to sway voters. Last month, the Republican National Committee released a video with AI-generated images depicting a dystopia they claim would be wrought by Joe Biden's re-election. Donald Trump's campaign published AI-generated audio mocking Ron DeSantis' Twitter Spaces campaign launch, featuring the voices of such notable figures as Adolf Hitler and the devil of all folks. Pretty easy for the Trump campaign to find both of those. And it matters because these early examples are pretty obviously, well, fabricated, but experts fear that AI will be used by campaigns and political actors to create convincing but fake media. To some extent, this is already happening. A deep fake of Hillary Clinton endorsing DeSantis circulated online recently. Another showed an AI-generated Biden attacking transgender people. Political groups with big budgets could inflict more damage. For example, AI could be used to fake a candidate's voice and produce a recording with incorrect voting times or offensive messages that could be distributed to millions right before Election Day. It used to be expensive and technically difficult to make realistic fake video and audio. With a new generation of cheap and user-friendly AI tools, that's no longer the case. Well, what's next? The upcoming U.S. presidential election will be ground zero for groups using AI to influence the results. Expect whatever happens there to pop up in Canada shortly thereafter. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a great day, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.